0: Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with bestselling authors, parenting experts like tonight, and listeners around the world. Tonight, we are talking about how to keep our children safe. This is our very first podcast in front of a live audience. Um, uh, I have many former guests here, actually, and I have Adam here. He is manning the sound, so if it's terrible, everyone can you know write him an email. Okay, so I'm. I wrote I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say right up top, I'm going to be inappropriate. And it's going to be, it's this like horrible, super tacky coping mechanism thing I do. And this whole episode, listeners, is going to be this like one big fat trigger warning. And I was like, Adam, I really want to do a live show about child predator safety awareness. And he was like, that's a real crowd pleaser. (laughs) Um, So it's parents only. My favorite kind of preschool party. Uh, There are times when I like talking about parenting so much more than I like actually parenting. Because (laughs) parenting is scary. It feels like a scary time. You know, I read the free-range parenting stuff about how kidnapping rates are down, y'all. Did you know that? kidnapping rates are way down. Um, things were much worse when we were growing up. Like, that doesn't make me feel better, but I feel like it should. Um, and I remember fondly walking myself to elementary school. But today, my phone is buzzing with Amber Alerts. And I turn on the news, and there's the father of three girls charging with all his might at USA Gymnastics Team Dr. Larry Nasser. Watching that father tackled to the ground by court police And how hard it must have been for the police to like keep him down, like you know they must have wanted to be like, oh, slipped a little bit. Like how hard it must have been to do their job to keep him down. I just felt that man's helplessness, and so that's why we're having tonight. So what do we do? What do we look out for? We're going to figure that out in the next hour. I've been wondering a lot these days about how we can protect our children without freaking them out or shattering their sense of trust in humankind. So tonight we'll be learning how to protect our children from terrible people, including the red flags and warning signs that something is off. And we're going to learn the grooming tricks of a child predator. Okay, so Nikki... Will you please do the honor of introducing Patty Fitzgerald? Everybody, you must check out the online community that Nikki Deloche has launched. Welcome to whatweare.com. It's a community of women celebrating their beautifully unfiltered selves. Um, thank you, Ellie, so much for doing this for all of us, right? Yes. Yeah. You're the best. You really are. And thank you, Adam. I mean, you're, you're kind of cool too. <laughs> oh. Patty Fitzgerald is the founder of Safely Ever After and is recognized as a leading expert in the field of childhood sexual abuse prevention education, child abduction prevention, and internet safety education. She is certified as a child safety educator and child visitation monitor and has worked tirelessly as children's advocate for over 10 years. As a former preschool teacher, Patty blends her expertise as an educator and, more importantly, as a mom, to teach parents and kids everywhere the most effective, up-to-date, safe strategies without using fear tactics. Okay, thank you so much, Nikki. All right, Patty Fitzgerald, uh, you're in the hot seat. Don't trip over the wires. <laughs> Patty. Ah. Uh. Thank you for Hi. being here. Hi.
1: Thanks for having me. You're I'm like so the, person. I'm the person. The
0: you're, person? No, you're the person. And I mean, unfortunately, now Tonight it's also I'm your moment, person. right? Um, you are the reason that people have swapped out like Stranger Danger, boo, for Tricky People. Okay, here's my question. Are you ready? I'm ready for the question. I don't know if you're ready.
1: I'm okay, totally what's the ready.
0: number one thing we should take away from this evening before the wine hits our bloodstream? Oh, I
1: was going to say a bottle of wine. Yes, <laughs> take that away. What no. should take away from this? Um, I think the most important thing, the one thing we should take away is that this is not rocket science. You can keep your kids safe. It is not rocket science. If I can do it, you can do it. It really boils down to some common sense, some listening to your instincts, and just understanding who tricky people are so that you know how to trust the right people and the other ones maybe not so much. Um, So it's really not that complicated. It's just such a hot-button issue. So we we tend to overthink it, especially you young parents who have young children. Um, Yeah, I don't overthink anything. Good girl.
0: (laughs) Just kidding. No, I'm a a, a mess. Uh,
1: They all know. All these people here
0: know. I'm a mess. It's okay. It's all right. I'm learning to accept myself, Patty.
1: Good luck with that. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm still working on that. Um, So, so
0: Patty, here's how I'm already overthinking. Okay. You're like, as long as you know who the tricky people are. How do I know who the tricky people are?
1: So, here's the thing. (laughs) Tricky people don't look ugly or satanic. (laughs) (laughs) They look like everybody else. That's part of the trick. So you've heard that old adage, right? You can't judge a book by its cover. It's about 100 years old. Please tell me you know that (laughs) because you're so young. You're like, no, we never heard that. What's a book? (laughs) Can't judge a Kindle by its cover. Kindle. I can't. But that's the truth about tricky people. It's not what somebody looks like. It's how they act. It's what they say. And the thing about tricky people is when you can recognize, when you know what the red flag warning signs are, they're not that hard to spot, tricky people. Having worked in this field for almost 20 years, I can tell you, they pretty much all act the same way. They are overly charming, almost too good to be true. They're offering you freebies that mean alone time with your child. But yeah, that's the thing about tricky people is that they do put out red flag warning signs. And when you know what they are and you pay attention to them instead of minimizing your feelings, talking yourself out of your instinct, you will spot tricky people and put the kibosh on the relationship. Should we say that word again? Relationship with your kid when you recognize tricky people. And you'll be able to. And you've probably already done it throughout your lives. You just didn't know it. So, How do I put the kibosh on it? Okay. So here's the thing. Tricky people need two things, access and privacy. If there is somebody who wants to victimize a child, first, they have to charm you. So a molester typically doesn't see your kid at 2 o'clock and molest them at 2.30 because that's a kid that'll freak out, that'll probably tell. What tricky people have to do is groom you. And that means they have to gain your trust. They basically have to get you eating out of the palm of their hand before they can look for or ask you for access and privacy with your child. So I stress that parents should pay attention to those words, access and privacy, access and privacy. And my favorite tagline that um, I tell parents all the time, pay attention to who's paying attention to your kid. Pay attention oh to who's paying attention to your kid. If they have every reason under the sun why they adore your child and they want to be alone with your child, just ask yourself if that makes sense. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't.
0: But does it? Like, ah, uh, that's so hard. It's at not. Times, I swear, are, it's,
1: not. it's not. Nope.
0: Nope. So, but that makes me feel like, and this is why there are some very brave dads in this audience, and they are you know super hands on they've committed to this evening it seems like there are a lot of men that are involved with kids or that would help out like one of my best friends has an awesome husband who mm-hmm. would be very helpful mm-hmm. with kids and seems interested in kids yep i'm asking you as someone who like veer towards i veer towards Total paranoia?
1: Yeah, don't veer away.
0: So how, okay, so get me back in the lane, Patty, and tell me how can I let
1: my kids then be with someone who is interested in my kids? Well, it's more than just somebody who's interested in kids. And that's the thing. There are plenty of great dads, hands-on dads. So this isn't, when I do a workshop, it's not like women are good, men are bad. But it's true. No, don't. I'm still, no, that's not true. There are plenty of good dads. Just because somebody likes your kid or is a hands-on parent doesn't mean they're a molester. What we're really doing is we are looking for clues and cues in people's behaviors. Okay. As opposed to just, that's a man and he likes my kid, so he's bad. I have known, and I have a daughter. She's 20 years old. I talk about her all the time. Her name is Marissa. Well, there were plenty of Marissa's friends in in elementary school and middle school who had hands-on dads and moms. And some of them, I was like, thank God the dad's around because the mom's a flipping wacko. (laughs) So it's not dads are bad or men are bad. Here's what I look for. Who's asking what? That's my first thing. It's very New York of me, right? Who's asking what, as we say in my family back in Long Island? Who's asking what? Is that person so crazy about your kid and they have every reason under the sun why they want to take your kid on something special or do something special with your kid that excludes you? It's almost like put one and one together. And if you get two, you get two. But if you don't... Slow down. In plain English, if grandma says, I want to take Marissa to the movies on Saturday and I don't want you to come, it's a special treat and I'm going to spoil her rotten, thumbs up. That makes sense. If Marissa's math tutor, who comes to to our house every Tuesday afternoon, sits at the table, at the kitchen table, tutors math, and we love the math tutor because he's been coming for months and months and months. If he says to me... I really want to take Marissa to the movies on Saturday because she finally got an A on her math test. And we don't want you to come because it's our special thing. It's a special reward. Look at all the moms. No, no, no. Run away, run away. That does not make sense. So here's the tip. Safe people who work with your kids are not looking for more alone time with your kids. (laughs) So they don't ask for it in the first place. That's why I say, who's asking what? Grandma's asking to go to the movies? Knock yourself out. Take my kid. Math tutor thinks my kid walks on water and she's so smart and I want to reward her with an outing that excludes you, Patty. Thumbs down, no. No. And all you have to say to a person who you think is heading in the wrong direction, you don't have to go, oh, my God, that's so molestery. I can't believe you asked for that. You know? Because that parents never know what to say. Yeah, give me the words. I got plenty of yeah. words. This is L.A. I have a scripted line for everything. And the line is this. With your pluckiest parent smile, you say, you know... I'm just not comfortable with that one. So I have to say no. I hope you understand. (laughs) And since this is a podcast, your listeners should know I have a smile plastered on my face. But that's what you do. You don't have to freak out, but you say, I it's all about your comfort level. I'm just not comfortable with that one. So I'm gonna say no. I hope you understand. Now A safe person who didn't mean anything and wasn't trying to worm their way into your little system and your kid, a safe person will respond with something along the lines of, oh, sorry, no harm, no foul, didn't mean to overstep a boundary, blah, blah, blah. A tricky person will tell you, you're are you kidding? You're so overprotective. Why? I've been tutoring Marissa for a month. She loves me. You're six months. You're you're gonna make me look bad. And you know, you're overprotective. You're gonna have to let her go at some point. They try and it's one of the tricks of tricky people. They try and guilt you or get you to second guess your comfort level because you're not nice parents. You. They gaslight you. I love that term. I can't believe you're young and you know that term. <laughs> they gaslight you because I say it all <laughs> All the time.
0: I just flip my hair for anyone who's wondering.
1: Seriously, I say that all the time. And people are like, what are you talking about? Gaslight. Yeah, oh, they gaslight on. you. That's exactly right. If somebody is trying to make you feel guilty, get you to second guess, that's when you dig your heels in and you do this technique I call the broken record technique. Adam knows that one well. Does he? The broken record technique is you just say the exact same thing that you just said. I'm sorry. I'm just not comfortable with that. So I have to say no. I hope you'll understand. If you have to say it more than once, get that tricky person out of your yeah. house pronto. As I mentioned
0: earlier, like if you're a mm-hmm. single parent, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that those kids are more vulnerable. Yes, they are. So, let's say there is a single working mom and there is someone who is mentoring mm-hmm. her child and mm-hmm. wants to take her son a man wants to take her son to the movies or something yeah. like that how how do you know then cuz yeah it'd be really freaking weird if someone wanted to take Sabrina but if it was my son and I was never around because I was trying to provide for our family how can I protect him but also allow those sort of like father son mentorships
1: to happen you have to be really careful with, with mentoring and people who want to mentor your kids. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, single parents are more vulnerable simply because you're short one set of eyes and one one extra, you know, caretaker. So whether you're a single mom or a single dad, yeah, you can be more vulnerable because predators have told me... You're an easy hit because sometimes you're desperate for child care, mentoring. So here's the thing. If you're a single parent, it doesn't mean that you can't trust anybody and that you have to be more paranoid, but it does mean that you have to be very smart about who you're going to allow access and privacy with. And I think that one of the most important things we can do is slow down on farming our kid off to everyone yeah. because sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. As a single parent, you're allowed to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're mm-hmm. allowed to have relationships, but knowing that you are a more vulnerable in a, in a more vulnerable demographic, be very mindful if the people who gravitate towards you, whether it's girlfriends, boyfriends, your social life, are they so interested in your child as well? Are they mm-hmm. really eager to bond with you and your kid? So, if the person is always saying things like, I want to bond with your child, I want to mentor your child, and I, you can go get your nails done, or you can go, you can work late and I'll yeah. take care of this. Ask yourself why. Especially in this day and age, safe people are more cautious than ever. So when somebody is too eager, I slow down. I put the brakes on that relationship with my kid. You're allowed to date and all of that, but that's your relationship, not your kids. And as far as single parents go, um, tricky people, this is the trick. They love to worm their way into your family system with offers of helping you, offering freebies, relieving you of your parental duties, just, you know, saving the day. I always say, who's jumping in to save the day for you? Because that's one of the oldest tricks in the book. So I'm often looking at that with a single parent. Who's jumping in to save the day? If I can't pick my daughter up from tennis because I work late on Friday nights, If Nikki over there is my best friend and I've known her forever and her kid takes tennis too, and she says, do you want me to pick up Marissa? That makes sense. If my next door neighbor who has no kids of his own says, Mm -hmm. oh, I can take her. I can pick her up. I can take her to her music lesson after tennis. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Tricky people look for those little ins. And if you are so eager or if you so need people to help take care of your child, tricky people love to jump in and do that. If I can't pick up my kid, it's my job to find the safest person to relieve me of the parental duty. It's not somebody else's job to see a weak link in my Mm. system and then jump in and save the day.
0: It's I feel so of- bad for all the codependents, though, because they're like... <laughs> Listen, I used to be the biggest one. Oh. <laughs> so you would jump in to save the day. They'd be like, I don't know, Batty, you might be right, tricky. Right. Um, so, okay, f- I want to ask you about slumber parties. Mm. I mean, Sabrina's already asking about As I like about ready
1: to slumber pa- choke par- on my water?
0: Because I said slumber parties or just because yeah. you're hydrating no, um,
1: as you said slumber
0: porn. oh shit okay. don't
1: worry don't we could
0: uh, swear in a podcast sure why not you know i don't put I, at the explicit thing but i should ah, okay so i don't know what to be more freaked out about pools <laughs> did an episode about that listeners find that one That was a great one was oh, lena yeah anyway guns Uh, because I guess you're supposed to ask, yes, yeah. My children, luckily, are not at that age quite yet where we're supposed to ask if someone has a gun in the house. And then the other thing is older brothers, yep, okay. Because I want to start because Patty, my little Sabrina, the older brothers take a liking to her. And I swear to God, we were at a friend's house and I said. Sabrina, do not go into a room alone. You know, be with the whole group. I said it out loud. By the end of the night, she had to go to the bathroom. She went to the bathroom, and uh, her brother
1: ended up in the bathroom with her. Yeah. She's four. You can't expect her. She developmentally, she's not ready to execute that command or that instruction, yeah, you could say it forever. She's yeah. four. That's like And now I her to should do some
0: language. damage control. Like everything was fine. I totally trust this yeah. kid, but it's that feeling of being like, I told you not to do this, and then you did it anyway. Yeah, and here I am blaming the potential victim. But like, it's just, what do I do, Patty?
1: I'm. I need okay, a drink. So here, I know, I know. Ooh. Ooh. I often suggest drinking during the molester talk. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is. Oh. You got to know what you're working with. You're working with a Mm four-year-old. Most of you guys are working with young children, right? You're parents of young children. Developmentally, they can only do so much. And I'll give you a big parent tip. The more you say, don't do this, don't do that, your kid does it. Don't doesn't register. I'm not a fan of don't. I'm a fan of do. What do you do? On that blue and white postcard, that's one of your handouts, there's a rule on there. That That's the... Um, The Super 10 safety rules for kids and grownups. Number five is check first before you go anywhere or do anything, even with someone you know. I think it's more important to teach kids what to do in certain situations rather than what not to do. Or, yeah, everybody says don't, but you shouldn't say don't. You should say do. Do 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 teach your kid how to respond it's about being proactive so teach your kid how to respond or what to do in certain situations if marissa was four years old and we i have this huge italian family back in on the east coast and there's a bunch of idiots running around all the time at christmas and thanksgiving and all of that my job there's a couple things you do ellie First of all, where are the kids? Where are the grownups? If you're all sitting in here having a glass of wine and the kids are running around, that's fine. But every now and then you got to get up and figure out, find out where are they? They shouldn't be upstairs behind a closed door. So it's your job to go up and check and go up. No closed doors, you guys. Come on downstairs. What do you do that happens regularly? You continually do it. There's no, I can't go. Okay, well, after once or twice, they're gonna we like take get all the doors message. off the
0: hinges. There you go. That's, this is our new you know, version of uh, yeah. we're toddler proofing. Yeah. Oh, everyone, it's an open space plan.
1: Yeah, really, just uh, no doors, no rooms, just live in a cavern. Um, Or just have cameras everywhere.
0: And can we, when can we put chips in our kids? When is that? Anyway,
1: continue. Uh, Next week, I think you can put chips in your kids. You got to be supervising. And it doesn't mean that you have to trail your kid or be a helicopter parent, but it does mean that, when we're in big social situations, you know, 90% of the time, the tricky person or the inappropriate person is somebody you know. 90% of the time, uh, somebody you know, not a stranger. So who is it? You're going you're gonna to hate me for this, but it's Uncle Creepy, Cousin Yucky, Coach Sandusky, Larry Nasser. It's those people who we socialize with. That doesn't mean you got to live in a cave, but it means that when you're in these social situations, where's my kid? Where are the grownups? And every now and then I've got to get up and I've got to say something. And if there's one adult, who Or one older kid who seems way too interested in hanging with the younger kids. It's my job to monitor that. Okay, but how much rich. older
0: should that kid be? Because the older brother thing is like going to, I know with this one, mm-hmm. listen, I'm pretty intuitive. Yeah. The older brother thing is going to be a thing. Yeah. In general. Yeah. She's just so a
1: much cooler than me. Beauty cutie patootie, cool kid who's outgoing and charming and people gravitate towards her. Like mom. Oh, yeah. I think. Seems like that. Um, but know what you're working with. And if that's the kind of kid you have, then you got to supervise your kid. Until you have taught your kid the super tense safety rules about what's okay and not okay for other people. This is a process, Ellie, and and I think that's the part that can seem overwhelming is Mm. this is a process. What keeps our kids safe? It's kind of like a two-prong approach. What keeps our kids safe is teaching them some thumbs up and thumbs down. Like, if you're in this sort of environment and the older brother says, hey, Sabrina, let's go outside and, um... I want to show you my Bronco. I want to show you (laughs) my Bronco. Like
0: bronco. What I really, I really love? Broncos. Who's the like I. <laughs> oh my god! And now we have entered the fantasy part of Ellie's evening. <laughs> oh, my. I love Broncos. It's like a thing. Is it? Am I the only one? Oh, Bridget feels that way. Jessica. We had one when I was a teenager. Oh, Amy. you are talking about the bronco car. Yeah, thing. yeah. The f- OJ kind of ruined it, but he totally
1: ruined it. <laughs> Yeah. Um,
0: Texas, leave me alone. Oh, Patty, continue. You want to... Okay, so I'm a little rather You want to go see you wanna my... You want to go
1: outside. You want to go down the down the street. There's a pink berry. Hey, Sabrina, you want to okay. come outside and see my Bronco? The, <laughs> the first thing your child should know... See this little stop sign hand I put up? Yes. Kids remember... Words and movements. I taught Mm. Marissa... Put out your stop sign hand and your line, Marissa, what you say is, got to check first or got to ask first. And then she would run to me and say, Uncle Creepy wants to go outside and show me his Bronco. And then mom gets to say yes or no, or I'll go with you. So that's why I say that check first rule is important, whether you're at the park And some stranger comes up to your kid and says, hey, we're going to go feed the ducks on the other side. You want to come? Or you're at Thanksgiving dinner and the older cousin says, hey, Marissa, let's go outside or let's go play baseball in the schoolyard across the street. It has to be check first. Now, if the kid is an older kid, the older cousin, and they like your child, that doesn't mean that that older kid is going to molest your child. But common sense will tell you that kids who are older, like a 13-year-old, does not want to spend all his time hanging out with a 5-year-old. So if there seems to be an inordinate, inordinate, an excessive (laughs) amount of attention... Or curiosity, and it means alone time, that person is looking for alone time, supervise that relationship more closely. So it's... Partly your job to do the supervising and the monitoring and the taking your glass of wine and going upstairs yeah. and fine. Yeah, you can take your wine. Nobody said put Thank the God. wine
0: down. Yeah, no, but, that's you know,
1: not- that's what I would do. Yeah. And I had to do it a gazillion times because in my family, there are a few um, yucky, inappropriate, tricky people. And growing up, I had to figure it out for my own. Fast forward, when Marissa was younger and I had to go back east for, um, you know, family reunions mm-hmm. or whatever, my job was, where's Marissa? Where's Cousin Creepy? And I had to monitor that. Mm-hmm. And when she was four, I couldn't say, don't go with Cousin Creepy. And was that based on your instincts? That was based on my instinct and a personal experience okay. with Cousin Creepy. Oh, interesting, yeah, yeah, um, but you don't have to have personal experience right. with a cousin or uh, a tricky person to get the vibe that they're not okay, right there are certain things that older kids just don't want to do. An older kid does not want to hang out behind closed doors or alone with your kid for hours on end. So a lot of times it's monitoring, monitoring, supervising. And by the time your child is 14, they should be pretty good at understanding those Super 10 concepts being you're the boss of your body, you're the boss of your private parts, and you're the boss of touches. Your private parts belong only only to you. If someone wants to mess around with a private part, it's okay for you to say, sorry, inappropriate. Don't touch my private parts. Also, you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to teach our kids that. We have to teach our kids. So if you were all sitting in a workshop with me, this is one of the things that I would be telling you right off the bat. Use anatomically correct words for body parts. Penis and vagina because child predators don't. They usually use a, a cutesy little nickname. So if your kid knows penis, vagina. And Uncle Creepy says, did you know that your vagina looks kind of like a cookie? And your kid goes, cookie, that's my vagina. What Uncle Creepy hears is, "Uh uh-oh, somebody already taught this kid something. I could get busted. That's not the kid I want to mess with. The other part, look, I heard everybody. I mean, it really me. upset my mother
0: yeah. when Sabrina was talking about her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> and it then does. especially when I, it I does. upped the ante and that's thanks to Bridget, but I upped the ante by being like, that's not your vagina, it's your vulva. That's one of
1: <laughs> Oh, jeez, You were really like, we're going to laser in on this. Anatomy. Continue, Patty. Um, you know, uh, boobies do get, uh, upset. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't raised on penis vagina either. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I couldn't say the words, I think, till I was 30. Um, but in in the... Le- in I still the, have a cupcake. No I have a six-month-old. I have
0: nothing left.
1: <laughs> Continue, Patty. amazing, by the way, for having a six-month-old. It's stress. Honestly, it's you stress. are
0: like... It's the flu over
1: Christmas. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah. I need to get the flu. Out. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, so what are the other steps?
1: Okay. So teach your kid boss of my body, boss of my private parts. And you start now when your children are young. So if you're in my workshop and you're a preschool parent, blame everything on Miss Patty and the lines, the script you say to your kid is, I went to Miss Patty, the safety lady's class. And she said, because they love when you go to school because they understand it. it. So you've got to speak their language. You've got to communicate the way they understand. Mm-hmm. I went to Miss Patty, the safety ladies class, and she said, now that you're growing up, you get to be the boss of your body. Oh, she'll love it. Oh, my God. They do really love, it. love it. And they immediately know what a boss is. When you talk to your kid, ask them what a boss is immediately. The <laughs> boss is in charge. That's right. A boss is in charge. You're in charge of who touches your body and who can't touch your body. So all of this language that I'm giving you right now, this is what you say to your kids. I went to Miss Patty's class. She said, now that you're growing up, you're the boss of your body. That means you're the boss of your private parts or for you parents, the boss of your penis and vagina. And you're the boss of your whole body, and you get to decide who can touch you and who can't touch you. And there are certain touches on our penis or vagina that are, uh oh, thumbs down, inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So if somebody tries an inappropriate touch, just say, Don't touch my vagina. Don't touch my penis. And you do this little cutesy little game that I just went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, It'll go a lot faster when you're doing it in real time. But you do it when the kids are getting ready for bed or at the bathtub, and you let them know that they're the boss of their bodies. And then you remind them when they're 5 and when they're 10 and when they're 20 and they're going to Coachella, which is what happened with Marissa last year. Yep. Yes. So wait,
0: but also, so that's going to be an issue that. for a lot of us with wiping. That'll become like a real
1: fun Well, here's the game. thing. But that's okay. It's worth the trouble. It is. And, but- and part of teaching your kids that they're the boss of their private parts is give them the toilet paper or the washcloth and you say, you're the boss of your private parts. You clean them. Now- they're, they're four. They're not going to do an expert job. And so what happens is if you have to take over, you go, whoa, Sabrina, you're going to need a little more cleaning. Your kid needs to know that the only reason why anyone is getting near their penis or vagina is for the purposes of being healthy or clean. So there's these catch words or or buzzwords. So, oh, Sabrina, it looks like you need to be a little bit cleaner. Mom can help you out because that's mom's job, to help keep your body clean. When you go to the doctor, most of the time your pediatrician will say, I need to check a private part to make sure you're healthy. And that's okay because mom or dad is uh, here with you. And if your pediatrician forgets to say it, you chime in and say it. It's okay for your pediatrician, for, for your doctor to check your private part. Because mom's here, and it's only to make sure you're healthy. And you see me doing this thumbs up, thumbs mm-hmm. down thing all day long. I do this with kids. Get into the habit of giving your kids this signal because okay. it, it it resonates with them. And they go, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So clean and healthy. So when Sabrina says, I don't want to take a bath because I'm the boss of my body. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, she, did that she will. Yeah. yeah. Your response, parents, is yay, you are the boss of your body. Always agree with your child, and then you zing with what you got to yeah. zing. It's like the one, two, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. You are the boss of your body, yay. But mom and dad are the bosses for when you have to stay healthy and clean. So you still got to take a bath, but you get to be the boss of the bath. And you get to be the boss of your vagina and you get to clean your vagina and the rest of your body. And if you need a little help cleaning, that's when mom or dad jump in for a little extra help cleaning. And so it starts your child thinking in terms of, well, the only reason that anybody is near my Mm -hmm. penis or vagina or my private parts right now is for the purposes of healthy and clean. Okay, And that comes with practice Practice makes perfect So that's a conversation you want to start having With your kids Every flip and bath time It's exhausting And awesome. I don't envy you But you'll get through it um, But that's something You want to teach your kid yeah. And so your young children Love the word inappropriate They love that word So teach them a private parts touch with our friends or our big cousins. And you see how I'm doing it with a smile because that's how you don't scare the crap out of your kids is that you say it with a smile and then it stays with them. If anybody wants to play with your play with your private parts, that's inappropriate. You just tell that toucher, don't touch my vagina and you have to practice it. And you're gonna practice having your kids say, "Don't touch my vagina, don't touch my penis, don't touch my butt," and your kids gonna laugh. That's gonna love it. Because and that our let preschool them
0: laugh. is like it's so oh, hilarious. Yeah. This is gonna be yeah. great.
1: Yeah. Because oh, they, they started a revolution.
0: It. Those poor teachers. We should send an email tonight and warn them. Anyway, continue, oh, yeah. Patty. You might. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you
1: better. Tell. If your preschool teachers know anything, and I'm sure they do, they expect it. I was a preschool teacher. I I know how they think. Um, but, yeah, kids need to just go, don't touch my penis. Don't touch my vagina. That's my penis. That's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. Okay, hey, summer parties. Slumber parties are a slippery slope. Well, Try to say that a few times. Slumber parties are a slippery slope because there is less supervision at a slumber party. Parents go to bed. Kids stay up late. The very nature of a slumber party is less supervision. That's why kids like slumber parties. They stay up late. They do goofy things. They watch TV till all hours. So I have a, I have a couple of, uh, uh, caveats or, or specific ideas about whether or not you should do slumber parties. Okay. So there is option a option a is we just don't do slumber parties. There are plenty of parents who make that a family rule. We just don't do sleepovers. We just don't do them because it's not in my comfort zone. It's not my comfort level. And there are a lot of parents. So you're not going to be the freak parent in the neighborhood or at the preschool that everybody else is talking about. There are a lot of parents who think that way. So that's option A. Then you don't have to make any decisions. If you're going to allow an occasional sleepover, that's option B. My suggestion is keep it a very short list of what approved houses are sleepover houses. Well, you're
0: scaring the crap out of me, Pat. <laughs> totally. But,
1: but okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Co- is anyone else cold in here? Am I just shivering in the corner, like, oh my
1: God, my daughter's gonna get older, and like, what about like Girl Scout
0: troops, summer parties, and I'm gonna no, tell her no that she can't no, do it because okay. she's not in a list? Adam,
1: Adam. No Sorry. Yeah, he's <laughs> you happy can with have that. A real list I'm back in. There's what? No sleepovers. What the girls? So you, know you know could what do I, that. You, do you guys you know do- what I'm saying? Okay. Okay, so everybody, <laughs> co- let me tell you something. Marissa had sleepovers. Oh, my God. Okay. With what I know, I could have kept Marissa in and said, no sleepovers ever. See, that just freaked me out. You said, with what I know. So there's and the yet, why- uh, okay. but listen, yeah. listen to oh. the whole thing, Allie. Okay. With I don't- what but, uh- I know, I could have said, no sleepovers. Yeah. Ever. But what I also know is that if I am too overprotective yeah. or I don't trust anyone, My kid will eventually go nuts when she gets freedom. And I'm really not teaching her anything. Yeah. And what else I know is that not everybody who comes in contact with my kid is a molester. So if you're going to allow sleepovers, just make it a short list. Like for me, here was my, this was my guideline. I didn't do sleepovers where there were older teenagers in the house. Okay? Mm. I might do a sleepover at your house because I've known you since preschool. You don't have an older nephew staying over or visiting you or babysitting wow. or an older teenage son or daughter who might show your kids something the kids something inappropriate. So I might say, you know what? Sabrina's house is an approved house. I know her. I've been around. I know she and Adam are on the same page. We've talked about safety. Marissa was allowed to sleep at a couple of friends' houses where there were no older teenagers in the house. I had been in that house a gazillion times. We had known each other since the kids were very, very little, I had a good feeling, and I also taught Marissa, if you're on a sleepover and it's starting to feel yucky, because that's my other favorite word, and I went thumbs down, I said, Marissa, if it feels yucky, it's okay to call me up. I'll come and get you, you're not going to get in trouble, and I'm not going to be mad. So I had mm-hmm. to make sure that she was developmentally ready for a sleepover. At 4 years old, she's no. not really ready for a sleepover. So you got to pull up, you're not ready. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so
0: that's Ellie's parenting tip of the night. <laughs> if you got to pull up, you're not
1: ready. Oh, I like that.
0: How? Oh.
1: I don't think there's any one right. Ship them off so we can have a free date night. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, There's no one right age, but typically around seven, eight, nine. And there's more. There's more. There's a whole thing about sleepovers. This in and of itself could be a whole podcast just on sleepovers. What have I taught my kid? Have I taught my kid? And is my kid developmentally able and capable to say that's inappropriate? Or is she smart enough Deb, I taught her that, you know what, Marissa, if it's feeling yucky, walk away call me up, I'll come and get you. Mm -hmm. And we had code words, and that's the other part of sleepovers or any exit strategy. Your kids need to save face. They don't want to say to the mom in charge of the sleepover, "Um, I think I'm about to get molested, so I like to make a call. (laughs) That really got Adam's funny bone over there in the corner. (laughs) So... Your kid needs an exit strategy. Your kid needs an exit strategy, and that's that family code word, and they're not really ready to understand how the code word works until they're about seven, eight mm. years old. The family code word is a word that your kid uses to call you, or later on when they're old enough they text you, that says, I need you. So when <coughs> Marissa was young, we had a family code word. It was Benny Hana because she loved Benny Hanna. We're, we're all about food in my family. So I knew that if Marissa called and said, "Um, hey, Mom, I was just checking, are we still going to Benny Hanna's tomorrow? I would be like, I'll be right there. That's good. Yeah. Okay? That way, she's not embarrassing herself. And I also said to her, if it feels like uh-oh, or maybe your friend's just being kind of bratty. It wasn't always like yeah. she didn't need me to pick her up because it was an inappropriate. Oh, but God. sometimes her friend would just act like a little creep. And she would go, i, I got to get out of here. But she didn't want to say why. Yeah. So she would call me up and go, are we going to Betty Hanna's later? And I'd go, I'll be right over. Um, I also taught her that if you need an exit strategy, it's okay to say, I kind of feel sick like I might throw up. Nobody wants to be around a kid throw who's might throw up. Right. So Not me. that can be your kid's code word. Like, but I'll when pick you, you up have it, yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, they feel connected to you. Okay. So before you're gonna allow a sleepover, run through the checklist. How old is my kid? Is my kid capable of saying to anybody, particularly somebody else in that household, whether it's a sibling or a parent or a baby, don't touch my penis. Do they have the ability to just call you up and say, are we going to Benihana's or I'm going to throw up? How much time have you spent in that household? What's the family dynamic like? If I barely know you from kindergarten and you say, Marissa really loves playing with Sabrina, can she sleep at our house tonight? If I haven't spent enough time with you, you may seem like lovely people. And I'm not saying you're molesters, but my comfort level is going, not yet. Not yet. Okay? So there's a scripted line to get you out of sleepovers. I got a line for everything. I was going to ask you, you're doing my job
0: for me, Patty. What do I do not to, like, Like, because Sabrina will be like, I got to go to this cool sleepover, Mom. And I'll be like, well, that kid's not on the list. And then she'll say, that'll seem clicky, like if you're allowed to go to certain kids' houses. I'll, I'll
1: tell you how to get out of it. First of all, I... um. There were times when I didn't want Marissa to go on a sleepover. And so what I would say to Marissa, like, I might say she could sleep at her friend um, Olivia's house Mm -hmm. when she was a kid. She could sleep at Olivia's house. But she couldn't sleep at Jordan's house because Jordan's parents were too loosey-goosey. And Olivia's parents were real similar to me, and they didn't have older teenagers in the house. So Olivia was approved. Jordan was not approved. Okay? Mm Okay. If Marissa wanted to sleep at Jordan's, I would say to Marissa, you know, Marissa, I just don't do good when you're on a sleepover. I don't sleep well. I miss you, and I'm all oogly. Sabrina will not give a shit. <laughs> no, can, no. Yeah. Marissa, like, Marissa was like, oh, gee, okay, I feel yeah. sorry for you. Um, no, they don't no, they don't yeah. care. But you say it anyway. Yeah. I just don't do well. So for right now, Marissa, I'm saying no to sleepovers. You can have Jordan sleep here and maybe mm. next week we'll think about it again. Great. So invite the child over to your home. Right. Got yeah. it. Ooh, that's and a good one. Patty. the child to your house. There's a lot of mms in the audience yeah. here. Yeah, I, yeah, you're gonna get tired of that real fast. <laughs>
0: yeah. Actually, it's Can we just suck. hire a babysitter
1: that's approved yeah. for? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sleepovers suck. I'm telling you. Okay. Um, but that's what I would say to Marissa if I didn't want her to sleep yeah. at a certain house. And it, sometimes you have to say something to the parent. So if Marissa and Olivia and Jordan are all friends, and Olivia's approved uh, an approved house, if Jordan's parents say to me, can Marissa sleep over our house on Friday? I don't want to say no, your house is yucky. (laughs) So what I would say to Jordan's parents is, you know... I just don't do well when Marissa's on a sleepover. So Mm -hmm. right now, I started saying no to sleepovers. It's nothing personal. It's all about your comfort level. That's your scripted line. I just don't do well. I would say it to Marissa. I would say it to certain parents. I just don't do well. So for right now, I'm saying no to sleepovers. That's why if Jordan's mom says, well, she slept at Olivia's last week, my response is... I know. And I just don't do well when she's on a mm-hmm. sleepover. So for right, right. now, I'm still recovered. I started saying no to sleepovers. So there's yeah. a very specific method okay. to my madness.
0: No, that's very helpful. Play crazy. Write that down, yeah. Nikki. Uh, yeah,
1: I say that. Yeah. <laughs> really? We are just kindred spirits. We are kindred spirits. Play crazy or just. Plucky smile, just go. Oh, call me crazy, but this is my thing. Y'all, is that not what I do? <laughs> yes, because oh you're in a Thomas. So weird. Okay. <laughs> Question. You see, you're doing it all right, sweetie. You're doing it right. I'm doing it. Yes. Right, uh, Mannies. That's nah, like not
0: a, a, fan <laughs> <Not> a fan <laughs> or, of the manny. What? Not a fan of the manny. Okay, because this is an anonymous listener. Too, like- so actually, Claire, come to the mic right now. Everyone's heard Claire Coffee's uh, episodes. Anyway, continue. So, my question is with babysitters, because, yeah. you know, you. that. That is a situation where you are trusting this person, That's you right. know, one-on-one with your kid. And, you know, there's only so many um, references and friends who've hired Absolutely. them. And, and you know, there could be an entire ring of babysitters and nobody knows because you're never there. Right. Um, aside from a camera in your house, is there any way to pick up on signs? aside? You know, I have a, an almost three-year-old and... He is good at communicating certain things, but I don't know that he would say, "Hey, so and so touched my penis." Yeah, you know,
1: they might not. Yeah, um, they might not. So, and to answer your question um, first, I'm not a fan of the manny, and that's not politically correct, and I don't care. As we <laughs> say in New York, a futera, <laughs> uh, or in Italian, a futera, favut, a futera. I don't care. I'm not a fan of the the manny. Because it's a 50-50 bet, it's not as, um, statistically, it's not the lowest risk. And when it comes to my kid, I play the lowest risk. So I'm sorry. I know some people like Manny's, and especially in our town here in L.A., I know a lot of people have them. If you're going to have a Manny, I would really vet that person and um i would be very careful that that person knows that he doesn't take my child to his house or have his friends come over and all of that. So that 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 there's a reason why I don't love that. Okay. But to answer Claire's Claire, right? Okay. Claire's question about um babysitters. You, there's never you're never going to have 100% guarantee on anything, but When I had to have a babysitter for Marissa, I would first get references from close parents, not just some schmo that I met at the coffee shop who said, oh, I got a great babysitter. I would get references or recommendation from a close friend who is of like-minded, of a similar mind. Then I meet the babysitter ahead of time for coffee or I have her over. And I ask the usual questions like, how do you handle a tantrum and how do you handle this? But what I really want to get to know is the babysitter. Does the babysitter live in Cuckooville? Does the babysitter have a lot of baggage? So I'm asking questions about, does the babysitter have a boyfriend? Does the babysitter... Like to bring her friends over. How does your baby... What about this BS? Sorry, this just really upset me, though. But like how,
0: when babysitters want to play with other babysitters at other people's homes, like with, they don't, they want the kids to play, right? But they're hanging out, like, and suddenly
1: your baby's at someone else's home? No. No, No. would you? No. (laughs) I just have to say no. say no. Just say No. At the risk of sounding like Nancy Reagan, just say no. Okay. Um, Vetting your babysitters, nannies, caretakers means you ask a lot of questions about what their lifestyle is like. Not just what time is bedtime and are you going to make my kid brush his teeth when he doesn't want to, but... Do you how do you feel about bringing your friends over? I know some some babysitters, you know, they like to have their friends over. If your babysitter goes, "No, it's my job. I don't bring friends over." Yeah. Then that's the right answer. But if they go, "Well, would it be all right if I did that?" <laughs> Just the fact that they even are thinking about that or they then I go next. <laughs> Ask your babysitter what their social life is like. Ask their babies, your babysitter, what their relationship is like with their parents. If they I hate my mother. I used to even do this with people I dated. I was always asking, how do you feel about your parents? You didn't have to love the parents, but if somebody had come, start you start feeling like there's a lot of baggage here. <laughs> that's, that, that's the kind of stuff I'm asking. Got it. Um, I want to get to know that, that person yeah. on a more personal level than just child care. Because so, I got to get a vibe. I got to get a sure. vibe. And then let's say I decide, Claire, that I'm going to let this person babysit my kid and I had to do this once in a while because I don't have family on the West Coast and we live here, so I didn't have the luxury of grandma babysitting my daughter. Um, If I had a babysitter, one of the things that I used to like to say to the babysitter, you know, babysitter, Marissa, and I, I, not like, you know, like a crazy, you know, but I would say, you know, uh, Courtney, um, (laughs)
0: It's, that's a good. That's a good name for a babysitter, good name, right? Yeah, right. Adam taking notes.
1: Screenwriter you know, over there. Anyway, a lot of screenwriters. Yeah. You know, Courtney, um, Marissa, and I have been working really hard this week on the private parts and the no secrets and the don't touch me there rules. So, just letting you know, I just want to bring you up to speed that it might come up in case she says it. You'll know what she's talking about. Bye. See ya. Bye. And it sounds like when I'm saying it to you now it sounds crazy but really it isn't. It's just like no. this is how you bring it. Yeah, you know, we've been working really hard well, on also the private part. Well, some people will be like, "What? Why is this kid saying vagina all the time?" Yeah. Like it's nice to yeah. give A heads anyway. Yeah. I had anyway. to say that to my mom too. Yeah. You know, mom, we've been yeah. working on saying vagina. So, right. you know, don't freak out. She'll bring be performing people the up vagina to monologues to in 3K yeah. <laughs> next week. Exactly. Okay, Um, feet tickling. Wait, 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 there's more. So that's what you say to the babysitter. I'm on to the feet tickling. I got to (laughs) make sure Claire gets her question answered, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your kid is three years old. He's not necessarily going to say, Courtney tried to play with my penis. (sighs) What I want to know is when Courtney leaves... Tell me three things you did with Courtney. So the next morning, tell me three things. Not, did Courtney play with your penis? <laughs> but tell me three things. And, and this is something else that, is, uh, that I teach in my workshops. You don't ask close-ended questions when your kid goes to school, when your kids spend time with the babysitter. Tell me three things you did with Courtney, Marissa, and I'll tell you three things I did when I went out last night. I saw, I went to the movies. I had cake. Um, oh, I, 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 uh, somebody almost hit my car in the parking lot. I was like, I drank with all of your friends' moms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might want to leave that one. But if you hear anything like, I don't like Courtney, or Courtney's mean, or Courtney's yucky maybe Courtney's not going to be the babysitter anymore. I also look for signs in my child. I look for any kind of emotional or behavioral signs like, um, suddenly they're, um, clingy or crying, or they're saying things about Courtney that don't make sense. But I like to ask, Whether Marissa went to school, if she spent the weekend at grandma's, if Courtney was babysitting. Marissa, tell me three things because I I need to read her. Most of the time, you're going to get good stuff, okay? But I do have a thing about the cameras, too. I had a dad, because dads, you have some great ideas. It's not all the moms who are doing all the heavy lifting. I had a dad in a workshop say to me, when the babysitter came to his house... He would say to the babysitter, if you hear a beep, 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 it's the camera going off and it'll let me know on my cell phone, don't worry, I can turn it off remotely. The guy didn't have a camera within 50 miles of his house. (laughs) That's brilliant. But here's the thing. And the reason... Isn't that brilliant? I know. That was a really smart dad. And the reason I say that one, Courtney... I mean, Courtney. The reason I say that, Ellie, um, is that... Tell me I look young enough to be a Courtney. You do. You do. The reason I say that is because... The one thing that stops a predator is the possibility of getting caught, which I Mm. mentioned earlier. If they think you're the kind of parent who's not dumb or naive, who sort of says things or puts out what I call an involved parent vibe, you are less likely to be a target. So the vibe is... I'm too slick. I'm on you. I'm on this parent thing. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And you can do this. Yeah. You already do. From the beginning. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm on it. I'm uh, on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. It just no. It yeah. That's great. Okay.
0: Yeah. It just made me really sad for all the moms out there who can't be um, that physically present all the time.
1: You can't be physically present all the time, but you can. You can certainly. Pick the best people to relieve you of your parental mm-hmm. duty. Yeah. You can do your due diligence in who is going to provide a ride or be a babysitter. Right. You're going to make smart, educated choices. Yes. You base things on statistics.
0: You're building me up now. Yeah, this feels better.
1: I want you to finish this this podcast feeling like you got some real tools and that uh, you're not going to be scared.
0: We've got so – thank you so much for the tools so far. I'm curious about the – Foot tickling. tickling thing? Because listen, I did a web series called Married, Single, Divorced, and we were on a bed and we did interviews. This was before Joan Rivers did it. Anyway, mm-hmm. and, and well, we got a lot of hits and we thought we were really special. And then we realized that a lot of the hits were because uh, like foot fetish people found <laughs> our web series and they would comment all the time. Everyone's like mortified. I'm dying in a shame spiral over here. My, and I'm barefoot. This is too much. <laughs> point being when anyone tickles my child's feet I freak out.
1: So oh my god. Is, is it
0: is it okay or t- is tickling feet okay? Do I have to tell my whole family to knock it off cuz it creeps me out? Like what's no, the deal?
1: No. But it's a really good question actually. You know, people think I'm going to say nobody touch my kid. No tickling, no wrestling, no nothing. No. Tickling and hugs and kisses and all that aren't bad. So let's not, you know, put ourselves in a bubble, nobody touch my kid. The thing about tickling is this. When your kid is very young, a little tickle from grandma or Auntie Sue or Uncle Joe is no big deal. But is it excessive? Or is it just, oh, tickle, tickle. Okay, now I'm going to go get a glass of wine. (laughs) Tickling isn't bad, but does your kid say, stop, okay, I'm done, and Uncle Joe goes, Oh, come on. You know you love me tickling you. You're my special kid. Don't be like that. Oh, you big baby. Look, you're laughing. You must like the tickling. Yes, right? Thumbs down. Um, so I'm always looking at who's tickling? How long are they tickling? Does it look excessive? Or is it just a cute little, hi, honey. It's so good to mm-hmm. see you. Tickle, tickle. All right. Where's the line? That's what I'm looking at. And I'm looking at people who seem to want to excessively tickle or touch my child because predators have told me if we want to molest a child, we've got to get that child used to um, our hands on their bodies. So we do a lot of excessive physical. So I'm looking and saying, does it seem excessive? Or does it seem in the realm of a normal tickle or a hug or, you know, a pat on the back? Or is it excessive? Is it excessive wrestling? Is it tickling and then let's go outside and play, Marissa? Is it tickling and then can I take your kid to the movies on Saturday? Or can I take your kid to Target with me right now? Is it tickling and looking for access and privacy? Or is it just, Mm -hmm. hi, you know, tickle your foot and uh." (laughs) <laughs> and is your kid saying no? I also look at um, what I call accidental touching games, like the pocket game. The pocket game is like, ew, right? You can just figure out. The pocket game is one of the oldest tricks in the book. You know, Uncle Creepy puts a toy in his pocket, and he says, hey, go in there and, <gasps> and fish that fish that out. That's called the pocket game. So if you see your... your Kid's not being tickled, but Uncle Creepy's going for the pocket game. That's when you go no to self. That's not normal tickling. Keep an eye on Uncle Creepy at 4th of July. Okay, so jumping on Uncle Creepy. No, wait, no, that came out wrong.
0: (laughs) Anonymous listener question here. Okay, If there's someone in your family or your spouse's family that you have a bad gut feeling about... Should you just be vigilant about supervising your child when they play with that person? Or should you actually have a conversation with your child about not being alone with that person? And any tips for explaining aforementioned – this listener's so smart – aforementioned vigilance to parties who see that same relative as innocuous? Okay.
1: so a lot of Deep questions. Deep thoughts. And I this person should just them. take
0: my job. Yep.
1: <laughs> No, those are good questions. Uh-huh. I get asked those exact questions all the time. I'm still waiting for a new question because mm. it's, we all worry about the same things and it's always the same issues. First of all, there are people in my family that I would not want Marissa when she was younger or even now uh, to spend alone time with. So my job was when she was younger, where's Cousin Creepy, where's Marissa? I did not say to Marissa, Mm. don't be alone with Cousin Creepy. (laughs) Because if I said that, that's the first person she's going to be alone with. Because there's some curiosity there. It's not Marissa's job to stay away from Cousin Creepy. Mm. It's my job to keep Marissa away from Cousin Creepy. (sighs) So when she's four, five, six... Where are the kids? Where's Cousin Creepy? If Cousin Creepy is the only one in the living room watching a video with the kids, my job is to go in there and say, Cousin Creepy, the grownups are out here having coffee and wine. The kids don't need you. And when Cousin Creepy says he wants to stay in there, that's when I take my glass of wine and I stay in there too. Because I've got to put out a visible vibe that I'm not going to be conned or tricked or that I'm going to let you fly under the radar. So if there's somebody specific in my family that I have an uh-oh feeling about, then I am going to be that much more um vil- what's the word vigilant, vigilant. Uh, I'm I'm going to be that much more vigilant about access and privacy and making sure that that situation doesn't present itself. Can so you, that's the first say, thing. Can you say you're, you're creepy? You're being creepy. No. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I, I could say, it's so creepy. Why do you want to hang out? And then that cousin creepy will go, what do you mean it's so creepy? I don't know why I'm doing that voice. <laughs> no, but. it was creepy. It was
0: good. Oh, you're you're hired. Voice. You're cast. Wait a... I've
1: got a whole. I I get it. I see it. Yeah, right. Why? So uh, I just want to be with the kids. You know, you're so overprotective. I don't want to be with the adults. The kids are more interesting. Screw you. Play the video games with me,
0: or exactly. I I, I love playing
1: Minecraft. Oh, there you go. Okay. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Tricky people know what kids like, and they're always <laughs> up on the latest games and videos, and they want to be with the kids. So, yes, Adam, to answer your question, you can say, Cousin Creepy, you're being a little creepy right now. That's where all the kids are. Cousin Creepy is not going to go, Oh, you got me. <laughs> but Cousin Creepy's going to be thinking, Crap. This one's on to me. So I'm not going to mess with Marissa. I'm going to figure out what parent is staying away from here. So, yes, you can say something. Yes, you have to um, minimize the access and privacy or the situation you've got to monitor. And when Marissa got a little bit older... I did tell her about Cousin Creepy. Mm. She was 12. We had to go to a 4th of July family reunion back in Connecticut, and I said, if Cousin Creepy gets into a conversation with you, just tell him you got to go to the bathroom and come and get me, because he's been creeping me out since 1974. When she was and that's how I said it, so i mm-hmm. I always use humor, and there's a very specific method to my madness when I'm talking to adults or kids you've it. got to put a little sugar with the medicine so mm-hmm. that's how Marissa and I it's one of the reasons I think that we still have a nice dialogue is because humor Marissa goes, oh that's just mom and she's but she mm-hmm. listened. So I was like, Cousin Creepy goes, oh, just go, oh, my God, I have to go to the bathroom. And then you come and get me. And she said, well, you've been getting an uh-oh uh, feeling from Cousin Creepy. And I go, oh, my God, since yeah. 1974. And that was it. But she was 12. Right. I couldn't tell her that at four. So yeah. know That's what so you're funny. working with. Your kid at 12 is different. And if you've been communicating with your kid in a way that says I'm open to what you've got to say to me and I'm paying attention to you and I'm empowering you with, with words like bust my body and don't touch me like that and tricky people break the rules, yucky, inappropriate, and I'm doing it with that kind of tone, you're setting yourself up right now for great communication now and later on. Humor, humor, humor. Smile whenever you're teaching your kid this crap. <laughs> you so. got a great I smile. Told,
0: thank you very much. Those beautiful teeth. listeners. she's got beautiful teeth. Just the top. Just the top. The top is all that matters. That's like when I only do my hair in the front because you're like, that's what I see yeah. in the...
1: Anyway. That's what my girlfriend used to say. If I'm walking away yeah. and the back of my hair looks bad, I'm walking away from you. I don't care what I look like. Yeah, that's you. really... That's Never about gets the front and the top.
0: The top, front and top.
1: Does that help, though? Yes. Thank um, you so much, Polly. And I do think that if I have a cousin creepy that I owe it to my other relatives or cousins to go, I don't know about you, but Cousin Creepy creeps me out. Some of your relatives will say, you know what? You're right. Other relatives will say, you're crazy. Because some, it, sometimes it will just fall on deaf ears because mm-hmm. that person oh, just yeah. can't go there for whatever reason. They don't want to believe There's Cousin of- Creepy. Yeah. So... Uh also, a lot of
0: people of I think that have been traumatized don't want to go there
1: yeah yeah, you know they there's a, there's... The, the
0: people that have been hurt actually uh, shockingly to me they're the ones really with the deaf ear at times to the avoidance yeah. I'm not sometimes. a therapist, but anyway
1: sometimes yeah, sometimes that that can be true sometimes it's like, oh, that's just cousin creepy or he's so nice he wouldn't do anything, or you're yeah. overly paranoid, right. Which tells me, great, now i got to watch Marissa and i got to watch your kid at 4th of July, too, <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's you're not.
0: You know, just not. stay around. Uh, li- a listener just asked, how do you s- still go to these family functions if the creepy person is there? That's
1: why I live in L.A. and they live yeah. back east. So that's great. Um, no, but sometimes, you know, you, you just have to go to a funeral, a wedding, or a family reunion. And let me tell you, Cousin Creepy is the first person to show up. And he's never been busted. And he and his brothers are creepy. And they're going to be around. And sometimes I know they're going to be in my presence. And I'm just doing my due diligence and I'm staying alert and going, I got this. Does it <laughs> piss me off? Yeah, absolutely it pisses yeah. me off. But I've also told everybody in my family, and my family's like, oh, we well, you know, cousin creepy. Mm-hmm, cousin yeah. creepy. Cousin creepy. How'd you get into this? I became a mom, I think, is is really what happened. I used to be a preschool teacher. Um, and then Marissa was born. And be, be, before I was a preschool teacher, I actually did have a, a, a background in theater. Because I... Um, well, th- anyway, that was about a million years ago. Um, but then I became a preschool teacher. And I had Marissa... And when she was born, I thought, my goodness, how do I keep this kid safe? Mm. What do I do? How do I, you know? So um, because I had a background in education, I got a job with a national agency called Parents for Megan's Law. Mm -hmm. And they are a brilliant agency. um, And I got a job as their community outreach educator. And because I had a background in education and um, I ended up becoming trained and certified. Um, And that was a long time ago. Marissa was just a baby, Um, but that's how I got into it. And, And I got into it because of personal experience. And also because I had a whole lot of friends when, you know, when I was older and in my twenties and, and even in my thirties, um, I had a lot of friends who had shared with me their own personal experiences of their own uncle creepy or cousin yucky. And, um, I thought, well, we got to turn this around. And, and so I started to work for parents for Megan's law and, and I loved that agency, um, but i decided that i wanted to start uh my own Um, education company that was specifically just about prevention education. Parents for Megan's Law does a lot of advocacy and they have therapists on staff and all of that. And I just wanted uh, to rein it in a little bit and really focus on prevention education. So I started Safely Ever After when Marissa was about two, three years old, I think, Mm. And um, in fact, my logo is a butterfly because that was Marissa's favorite thing, was butterflies when she was really little. Um, But I started Safely Ever After because I felt like nobody's going into schools, nobody's doing parent groups and talking about tricky people who make you feel yucky. We're all being told don't talk to strangers and it's not the stranger. It's the stranger you know. And, and I just felt like, we need to change this up a little bit. So I became a mom, and I thought, if I were sitting in those chairs, how would I want to do it? How would I want to mm. hear it? I mean, so I thought, well, I want to hear it like how a parent talks. I'm going to need some humor because this is heavy stuff. Yeah. But I want practical solutions. I don't want to worry about damage control. I want the solutions. So mm-hmm. that's how Safely Ever After came all about. So it's, uh, you know, it's all about Marissa. I only got the one kid and everything always ends up <laughs> back to Marissa.
0: Yeah. Patty, uh, can you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: At the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I had to line that up because it was getting heavy. Um, I have a website. That's, thank you. I have a website, safelyeverafter.com. It's got a ton of prevention education up there. Um, I've written two children's books, which you can buy on Amazon. Super Duper Safety School and No Trespassing, This Is My Body, and I've given copies to Ellie. Um, they you can have, the, have them. You can have them. you got to sign They're, this, by the way. Say that again? you got to sign this for me. Oh, I'd be happy to. I Thank need your you. autograph. Um, there's a parent guide in the back of each one, but those are books you can read to your child. You can find me on Facebook. I have the personal page, the Patty Fitzgerald, and you can friend me personally. And and uh, okay. you know, I don't care. Great. And I also have <laughs> you'll hear a personal things, like I told everybody on Facebook about my eyelashes. They okay. are gorgeous. Thank you very much. Are they new? Yes, they are.
0: You did you get a new fill, or are they new? New?
1: They are brand new. I I I keep wanting to do it. We'll have to do a podcast on lash yeah. extensions. Um, that So start on sleeping Safely out. Ever After, though, yes. there's Patty Fitzgerald, and you can find me there. Mm-hmm. And I put stuff up on my personal page. But I also have a very specific page and a Twitter, a Safely Ever After group page, which you can request to join. Oh, isn't that fun? I love it. I know. I'm There's drunk an Atomic with
0: Mamas podcast. There is?
1: Mama's, I don't know
0: the name of it. It's so long. Anyway, go to the, our Facebook, Atomic Moms. podcast. Facebook.com backslash atomic moms podcast. There's like special invitation. We have a private group as well. And now you got to join our I private know. party over there and I'll join yours. You've but so, so would we have players. to answer special questions yeah. to
1: get into yours? No, I okay. just have to. I, you ask but to it's join, private. and then I stalk your stake your Facebook page Make sure and you're I go, real. Does it look like a parent? Yeah, <laughs> does it look like a crazy person? Yeah, and you can tell a lot, and you know. <laughs> I also monitor it constantly because I want to make sure there are no mm-hmm. tricky people in there. Yeah. Um And I'm very careful about what uh, people post. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very cautious about your identities and stuff. I'm very oh protective. Oh, my God. I know. We need to group. do a whole yeah. other episode about identity and Yeah, identity and, and children social media. And, oh, my but God. But find me... That's it. So uh, safely ever after on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm starting Instagram, but it's like it's enough already. And I know, um, but now, but Patty,
0: you got the lashes now. I know, I know. So I just
1: tried it, is and um, and so now I have to be all about atomic moms because I am. I can't tell you how thrilled I am that you invited me, atomic mom, to be on your show, and that you invited all your friends. So
0: well, congrats. thank you so much My for. Pleasure you know, protecting our children. We can do And it's so crazy. Like, even uh, in my living room right now, like, to think of all the conversations that will be had, especially at my daughter's preschool, like, on the playground between the children, which will be hilarious, but just, like, how far this can reach out. And then with listeners, like, this could... What you do, what you've chosen to do with your life... Uh Oh my God! Just to think of like all the children that it's protected.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Thank you oh so much. Oh God, you're gonna make me. It. Thank you. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, we're all
0: parents. Don't forget to check out the bonus after show episode where we continue this conversation with patty fitzgerald she's going to answer more questions like what's the difference between secrets and surprises we're going to talk about current events and she's going to tell us what to do if we think that our children might be hinting that something is off okay everybody until next week trust in your goodness live out your greatness rock on atomic moms